this season on more and more every day. Let's do something together every day to be better oral historians. I don't know about you, but I love a daily task, whether it's a writing prompt to get me focused or a quick icebreaker to start class discussion. I love short, easy challenges. That's why this season's 10-minute or so episodes will feature experts, like-minded colleagues, resources, and things I'm learning along the way. But each episode will also end with a prompt, something you and I can do that day to improve our skills as oral historians. I'm your host, Summer Sherland. Let's do this. Welcome back, oral historians. I know you've been sitting on pins and needles just desperate to find out what are the required components for the South Phoenix Oral History Project's biographical stories. (laughs) Well, I'm here to tell you that today. But before I do, I want to explain how we came up with these components. It wasn't like I just sort of pulled them out of thin air. After about a year of doing dozens of oral histories, the team at South Phoenix Oral History Project did some research on how we wanted to use oral history. You can find a ton of stuff out there about how to do oral history, right? You could just Google how to do oral history and a bunch of very useful resources will come up from the Oral History Association and other professional organizations. The field is also certainly engaged in a really robust conversation about archiving oral history, you know, processing oral history for libraries and the like. But, you know, we wanted to use our content and the research we were discovering for teaching and for community outreach, because our understanding of shared authority went beyond the collection and downloading process. We felt called to create content to share with our community and our campus And that's why our project is a collaboration across campus, across community, et cetera, with students and faculty and neighbors from all sorts of backgrounds working to do this research. Anyway, I'm not here to brag about our wonderful project. I just wanted to let you know that the way we came up with these components was through looking pretty hard at how collections like ours are using oral history beyond archiving, how they're using it to teach and engage. We wanted to create content that those who had already been interviewed, but also those who lived or worked in our neighborhood could use and be proud of. So we started with a website. We thought, let's make our website a free academic website that people can access on their own. Each narrator, we decided, should have his or her own webpage with a brief bio and some interactive elements. So if you did the previous challenge with our website, you likely identified several aspects that are pretty consistent across the board for every narrator, regardless of their status or job description or the specifics of their interview. So based on what you wrote, take a look at what you wrote, uh, based on what you researched, you wrote down some things that you thought were pretty common and take a look at what you wrote. See if you found all the things that we typically require for every biographical story on each narrator's webpage. Title. This one's easy. Every narrator's webpage has a title, and the title is his or her first and last name. So while the index or the list of narrators only lists their names, the title can also include salutations. So if we have someone who's a doctor, we include, you know, comma PhD or comma MD. But in the index or the list, we just put their names. Role. One or two sentences about him or her and their contributions to South Phoenix. Pretty quickly after that, within, you know, right after the title and the role, we try to find an image. We use an archival image of the narrator found in our collection or provided by the narrator. 
Then you have really the body, right? The sort of actual story itself. About 500 words or so, we write about the narrator and his or her historical experiences. Now that includes context, so of course we'll come back to this in a moment. Every narrator page also has three to five short, two-minute clips from the interview. Much like the images, students are not required to create these clips, but they are required to suggest the clips. So you don't have to actually clip your interview into, you know, into a, a short video clip here or there. Uh, if you're a student working for our project. Instead, you just tell us where the timestamp is and tell us what, that we should insert this here in, in the story. Image, like I said, we already use an archival image of the narrator found in the collection or provided, and we try to incorporate, you know, a total of three or so archival images. Again, students aren't expected to hunt those images down, but they are really encouraged to tell us where in interviews um, or where an image makes sense in the body of this story. A conclusion, this is just a sort of a clinching sentence or a statement to wrap up the biographical story neatly. And then at the very bottom, you've probably seen a table. It's kind of gray and white, and it's just got a bunch of information. That's our metadata table. At the end of every single narrator biography, we put a table with sort of the metadata of that interviewing, the interview, the who, the where, the when was the interview conducted, we also uh, will be providing a link to each interview's index in the coming months uh, very shortly. That's basically it. That's what we require for each oral history that we do. Now, if you're out there and you're like, I have nothing to do with the South Phoenix Oral History Project, that's perfectly fine. You can still use our approach if you're writing like a hook for a chapter uh, or if you're looking to maybe like create some content about one of your narrators for your own website. You can still use this approach. If you're writing for a chapter or an article, just replace clips with quotes. If you're creating a documentary, you might not need 500 words for each narrator, so shorten it. You get the point. Make adjustments as needed for your purposes. Before I get to the challenge, I promised you I'd come back to my very best friend, Context. A few challenges ago, we talked about how this interview isn't a quiz with your narrator. It's not a regurgitation of facts. They're not required to plot out a timeline for you. This is an interpretive event. Your narrator has interpreted his or her experiences and memories, and you're interpreting those memories and their significance or placement in a narrative. This is why the interview is a shared source. See, an oral history enriches the historic record. It doesn't create it. That's why we have our students write biographical stories and not like a Wikipedia entry. Your, your narrator isn't a walking encyclopedia. He or she is a walking historical being. So the body of your story, those 500 words, you're not just recounting their life. It's, it's not a simple rundown of what they said in the interview, what they did for a living or their favorite thing about their job, for example. No, your responsibility is to make this story matter as a history of one person. And how do we accomplish this, Dr. C? You guessed it, context. <laughs> so how do you do that? I don't know, it's hard. Okay, so how do you include context in a biographical story? Well, the best way that I use to describe it is you're folding facts together, right? So imagine you have kind of like two pieces of paper and you're folding them accordion style, one half over the other, like in little bits at a time. You're folding the story into the greater contextual story of when and where he lived, worked, and played. 
So do you need an example what I'm talking about? Actually, I encourage you to go back to our context challenges and hear some examples. Listen to the story of Frederick Douglass or Rodolfo Corky Gonzalez. How did we blend or fold those stories of his life and his historical surroundings? Or check out the context lab. Look through your journal and find that context diagram you did a few challenges back of you at the center of a circle and multiple circles around you kind of pushing in on that circle. Just think folding over and over, biographical detail, historical context, biographical detail, historical context. So for today's challenge, I want you to try using the interview you have conducted, draft a biographical story of your narrator, including all of these elements, title, role, 500 words about him, her, and his or her context, quotes, and a conclusion. And throughout the story, I want you to identify good spots. Where can we insert audio or video clips and or images? And if you're writing for something else, if you're writing for a chapter or an article or a documentary, just adapt it to your needs and share with us. I really want to hear what you've written. Also, take a look at the show notes. I've listed about three articles that I think are really helpful when it comes to how to use oral history sort of beyond um, just doing oral history as an interview archival process. All right, everybody, I can't wait to see what you put together, and I will see you next time. We want to hear from you. Tell us how you did today at SMCC History. Use the hashtag more and more every day on Instagram and Twitter. Our email is historysouthmountain at gmail.com. And I hope you follow us, write a review, or suggest us to a colleague. More and More Every Day is brought to you by the South Phoenix Oral History Project at South Mountain Community College in partnership with the Southwest Oral History Association. Music by Noah Gattel.